What I want to ask you to do with me today is turn to the book of Exodus chapter 15. And we want to look at the last um, day of our series on the names of God. And we will look today at this name, Jehovah Rapha. And uh, I hope that as we go into this service today, that one of the things that you will experience just again and again is how incredible God is and how amazing God is. Now, I want to just sort of back you up a little bit into the history of the people of Israel. Most of these people um, that we read about in Exodus chapter 15 have had very much the same experience day after day after day after day. So words like deliverance, words like freedom, promised land, hope, these would not have been the common use, words that would have been the common among the people. Now some may have dared to wish these, some may have even dared to say these every now and then, But among the people of Israel, the words deliverance, freedom, promised land, hope, and many others, these would not have been the common language of the people. You see, the people that are in bondage for a long time, they often succumb. They often give in to their situation. They will say things like, this is as good as it can get. This is the best we can have. This is all we will ever have. People that are in bondage may dream of what it would be like to be free. But beyond their dreams, sadly, many of the people that are in bondage just simply give in to it. The Israelites have been in bondage for around 400 years or so. Slavery was their heritage. It was their history. If you would have gone up to one of the children and said, what does your dad do? That child would have said, well, my dad's a slave. And what's your, da- what's your dad's dad you know, do? Well, slave, slave, slave. Four centuries of slavery. This is all they knew. Slavery was all that they were used to. Hopelessness is a disease that can cripple a person. Hopelessness is a disease that can paralyze a nation. And the people of Israel have basically may be given up hope. We know that they cry out every now and then to God and that they cry out for deliverance. But as far as a rebellion or anything like that, they don't think it's possible. However, hope does come to the people of Israel. God sends them a man named Moses, a person that He has chosen to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. And God performs many amazing miracles to persuade the Pharaoh to let the Israelites go. And if you would go through the book of Exodus starting at the beginning, you can read about these miracles. And finally, finally, the day comes. The last big miracle that happened, the last major tragedy that happened that persuaded the Pharaoh to let the people go. The firstborn son of every person, of every, every person in Egypt died. And through this, Finally, the Pharaoh lets the people go and they can finally head off to the promised land. God now takes the people and He leads them out of Egypt and He leads them towards the Red Sea. And He takes them to the Red Sea and there, encamped at the Red Sea with mountains on both sides, they are waiting to cross over. Pharaoh, during this time, changes his heart, hardens his heart again, and he pursues the Israelites. And we read there, and he's like, what have I done? And he goes after the Israelites. And here they are in this situation, mountains on both sides, water in front of them, and the Egyptian army coming in behind them. And God again 
miraculously delivers the people of Israel. They go through the the Red Sea on dry ground. And when Pharaoh sees this, he too pursues them into the sea through dry ground. And as the Israelites come out the other side, we read that God closes up the water. And finally, once and for all, the Egyptians are gone. What an amazing story of deliverance, of freedom. No more do the Israelites hear the harsh words of the Egyptians. No more will they feel the whip of the Egyptians' whips on their backs. The enemy is gone. No longer are they in captivity. They are free. Finally, freedom from their oppressors. And this is where we want to now pick up in verse 22 of chapter 15. Exodus chapter 15, verse 22. Because God begins to lead these people from here again towards the promised land. It says this, Then God, then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea and went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. Now this is quite an amazing thing. You've just seen in the, in the Red Sea the enemy defeated. The, the captors have been wiped out. And now they head out into the Red Sea. Sorry, away from the Red Sea. Into the desert. And here they are in the desert for three days. And they're looking for water. You see, you never want to run out of water. You never want to run out of water no matter where you are. You especially do not want to run out of water in a desert. And you especially, especially do not want to run out of water in a desert with thousands of other people. The scorching sun is beating down upon them. The desert sand is scalding their feet. Their cattle are perishing. Their children's tongues are probably beginning to to, uh, be swollen. Their lips are perched. They desperately need a drink, a cool drink of water. The journey from captivity to freedom. Even though sometimes we are released from captivity, we are released from whatever was holding us in bondage, the journey from captivity to freedom can be difficult. It can be filled with struggles and trials. Verse 23, When they came to Merah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That is why it's called Merah. Not sure if I'm saying that right. That's okay. I'm going to have to say it one more time, I think, and then I'm all done. So, if I got it wrong, good. My gift of pronouncing words is awesome. You can imagine these people, they've probably, Israelites, they've gone out and they have sent out their scouts, right? That's what you would do. And you have gone one day, you've gone two days, and, and, you know, there must be water somewhere, and you send out your scouts, and you send out your scouts, and finally, the scouts come back and they say, we found these fountains. We found water. And the people begin to hear the news and they start picking up the pace maybe. Hope is there again. They can begin to taste the sweet taste of water. Finally they can, you know, quench their thirst. They can just wet their tongues, whatever it might be. They can finally get there. And they come over the hill and there they are, the streams, the the fountains of water. And they're so excited. Hope and expectation is there again. And they start picking up the pace more and more and they rush through the water. And then you can hear that first person yell out, It's bitter! It's bitter! And all hope, gone. Have you ever had the bottom fall out on you? 
just completely. You saw something, you needed something, you were excited and you've been struggling with something and all of a sudden, there it is, there it is. We're almost there, just a little further, a little harder, a little more. And then when you get there, it doesn't work out the way you thought it would. And the bottom just kind of falls out underneath you. We can only begin to imagine the frustration and the disappointments that these Israelites felt. Verse 24, So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? That's a fair question. Because when you're thirsty, you need to drink. And when there's no water, you need someone to tell you where it is. You've got to understand, these Israelites, they are not used to democracy. They are not used to fending for themselves. They are used to slave drivers telling them what to do. Slave drivers saying, do this here and when and where and how. They did not make decisions for themselves. And now these people are looking at Moses and saying, now what? Again, we've probably often been there in our own lives. Situations happen and things fall apart and we look at the situation, now what? What do we do now? The people almost seem like they're being mocked. There's plenty of water, but not an ounce to drink. Verse 25, Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood, and he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. God intervenes by healing the water by yet another miracle. How often have we not found ourselves in situations, maybe time and time again, where we didn't know where to turn and we were throwing up our hands and we were saying, now what? I don't know what to do. And God comes into that situation and turns it around for us. God heals the water and the people can drink. The verse continues, There the Lord made a decree and a law for them. And there He tested them. He said, if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord, your God, and do not do what is right in His eyes, if you pay attention to His commands and keep all His decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. And this is the first time in Scripture where God uses this new name for Himself. And He says, I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you. The word Rapha is used some 60 times in the Old Testament. It means to restore, to heal, to cure, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. In 1 Kings 18, verse 30, we get the picture of that, what Rapha means when we read that Elijah repaired the altar of Jehovah. In 2 Kings 2.21, God heals the water when Elijah throws salt into the spring. The Word has the idea of restoring something to its original state. And here God says to the people of Israel, I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord who heals you. There's no doubt that these people may have been wondering, what do we do in this desert if we get sick? What are we going to do when these things that happen to the people of Israel, what will we do if all of a sudden boils come on our skin? Or what are we going to do in these situations? We don't know what to do. And God promises them this much. He promises them this, I should say. That I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord who heals you. God can heal us emotionally. 
God can heal us physically and He can heal us spiritually. Sometimes we may be in need of healing in all three areas at the same time. Like David is in Psalm chapter 6, verses 2 to 3. David says, Be merciful to me, Lord, for I am faint. He's speaking here of the need for emotional healing. He continues, he says, O Lord, heal me, for my bones are in agony. Speaking here of the need for physical healing. My soul is in anguish. How long, O Lord, how long? Speaking here of the need for spiritual healing. John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus says these words, and I hope they comfort you today. He says this, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Very often when people come and, and, and talk to me in my office, people that are struggling with some things, and when I ask them to sort of survive, uh, to, um, you know, just kind of tell me what's going on in their life and, and sort of just define what their life is like. Here's a phrase that often I hear. People will say this, I'm just trying to survive. I'm just trying to make it through this. I'm just trying to get through this situation. And my little thing that I often say is that God did not create us in this life just to survive. God created us to thrive. God has a life for you. God has a future in store for you. Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Not so that you can just hang on by the skin of your teeth. Not just so that you can just barely get by. That you can thrive. You can have victory in every area of your life. Far too many people are going through life and they are not living life to the full. They're not living life to the full. Some are wounded. Maybe some of you here today, you're wounded. You're hurting. You're discouraged. You're depressed. You feel hopeless. You're in pain. I want to just say this about pain. You need to understand this. The pain you feel is real. Sometimes what people say to me, well, it's nothing compared to so-and-so. It's nothing compared to what they're going through. What I'm going through in my life, you know, it doesn't really matter. No. The pain you are experiencing is your pain, and it is real, and you need to deal with it. You don't compare pain with what others are going through. When we are being held captive by pain, by wounds that we have experienced in our lives, it doesn't matter how big or little it might be in the picture of the big, in the big picture. Whatever is holding you and I back, those are the pains we must deal with. And I want to affirm in you today that whatever pain you are feeling, I want you to know that that is real and you need to deal with it. Some people, like the people of Israel, bondage is all they've known. As far back as they can think, this is what's just always been there. And they kind of tell themselves, I can never be free. This is what it will always be. This is all I will ever have. I want to introduce you today to Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. God says, one of the names that I have is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you. Let's look then for a moment at these three different areas of healing. The first one is emotional healing. 
Jehovah Rapha heals emotional hurts and broken hearts. Psalm chapter 1, Psalm 147, verse 3, it says this He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. The word broken here means to burst, to break into pieces, to crush, and to smash. Maybe that's how some of you feel right now. You feel that your lives are broken into pieces, you feel that you're about to burst. You feel that you're overwhelmed. Your, your pain is crushing in on you. You feel like you're being smashed. David tells us he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Your emotional pain may be overwhelming. Maybe you've been carrying this pain for many, many years. And you feel that it is a burden that you simply must carry. Listen to the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus Himself says to the people, Come to Me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He wants to take the burden. Jehovah Rapha wants to heal you. Whatever pain you're carrying around, I challenge you, I encourage you, hand it to the healer today. Some of you have incredible intense hurts that I cannot even begin to relate with. Maybe it's something that's happened to you in the past when you were younger. Maybe it's something that happened yesterday or in this past week. But in the midst of your tears, in the midst of the pain that you are experiencing, cry out to Jehovah Rapha and ask Him to put you back together. Related to some of the emotional pain that we heal and that we feel is the pain of relational pain. Um, is the hurts of a relational pain. That we, that, let me start all over. Sorry, is the pain of relational hurts. Sometimes when we're in a situation and a relationship is broken, the pain that that causes is intense, and especially in the area of our emotions. Romans chapter 12, verse 18 says this about relationships. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with one another. I encourage you, if you're living in a relationship where there's conflict, try to find peace. It's going to heal some of the emotional pain that you have. But whatever emotional pain you have, you must recognize that God is a healer who can restore you back to your original state. He wants to heal you. The second area of healing I want to look at is physical healing. Some of you are experiencing a tough time right now as you're trying to process the pain and the discouragement that comes from physical difficulties or illnesses. Maybe it is a personal pain. Or maybe you're devastated by the news that you've, you received from a family member or a friend. Whatever the case, when our bodies are not working properly, we can begin to feel very uptight and worried. At times like this, we need to ask Jehovah Rapha to do His healing work in our lives. The Bible is filled with stories of stories and examples of examples where God heals people. He heals them physically. In 2 Kings chapter 25 and 6, we read that Hezekiah became very ill and was about to die. As a result of intense intercession, he was healed and his life was extended. This is an amazing account. And we read it, it goes like this. This is what the Lord... The God of our father David says, I have heard your prayers and seen your tears. I will heal you. I will add 15 years to your life. 
In the Gospels again, we see Jesus spent an, an amazing amount, a surprising amount of time healing people. He would go up to the leopard. He would go up to the deaf. He would go up to the blind and many, many others who had d- diseases and illnesses, physical illnesses. And God would go and Jesus would go and heal these people. God, His name is, God's name is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you. Now I would be wrong this morning to avoid a difficult area of this subject. And that is this. That God does not always physically heal us the way we ask Him to. I know of a number of people who have asked and who have prayed diligently for healing and to this day they have not been healed physically from their wounds. I would be wrong to presume to know the answer to the question why. I don't know why exactly. For some people God heals physically and some God doesn't. But I do know this much. God does not show favoritism. God does not decide whether He's going to do something by whether or not He loves somebody. He loves everyone. God is just. He is gracious. He has a plan for each one of us. But I also know this much, that one day there will be a great healing service for all the saints. That one day we will all be healed of every physical illness that we have had if we are believers in Christ. Revelations chapter 22, verses 1-5, to it says this, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystals, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great streets of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city, and His servants will, be, ser, his servants will serve Him. They will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night there will, they will not need the light of the lamp or the light of the sun. For the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. One day, I want to speak to those of you here who are maybe experiencing physical illness. One day God will remove that from you. That's what Scripture says. The Bible tells us that one day God will give us a new robe. And we will pass through the water of life, the river of life. And we will enter into the kingdom of heaven. We will enter into the throne of God if we are followers of Jesus Christ. And on that day, there will be no more sickness. There will be no more sorrow. And you will be free from whatever illness you now have. And I encourage you, hold on for that day. Hold on for that day. God will heal you on that day for sure. What an amazing, amazing day that will be. The third area of healing is spiritual healing. This is by far the most important of the three realms of healing. Jehovah Rapha sees that we are spiritually sick and He provides healing and wholeness through the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. Our diagnosis is bad and our prognosis is terminal. 
Jeremiah 17. Let me quickly. Jeremiah 17, verse 9, records the incurable condition of the human heart. The heart is deceitful, it says, above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? We all are sinners. We have been inflicted with the disease of death and the destruction and destruction. And we are all in desperate need of a new heart. Each one of us is guilty of some form of sin. Early on in His ministry, Jesus got up in the synagogue one day and He quoted from the book of Isaiah. And He said this, and it's found in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Jesus said, He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed. Jesus stood up and He said, God has sent me to proclaim freedom, the recovery of sight for the blind, and to release the oppressed. Jehovah Rapha. God wanting to heal His people. Once we are set free spiritually, Jesus can break every other bondage that we are under, including those addictions and deep-seated sin patterns. While it is certainly true that Jesus healed a lot of people physically, He is always more interested in curing our sin problem. When John the Baptist was in prison, he sent message to Jesus by his, through his disciples and he wanted to know, are you truly the Messiah or should we wait for someone else? And these are the words that Jesus gave back to John the Baptist. Matthew chapter 11, verse 5. John, Jesus said, The blind receive sight, the lame walk. Those who are, have leprosy are cured. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Above all things that Jesus was doing, His most important purpose was to bring healing for us spiritually. God is a healer, and He wants to heal us from our sin. He wants to heal us from the disease of sin. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. Let me ask you then this. Are you in need then of healing in any of these three areas? Are you in need of emotional healing this morning? Are you in need of physical healing this morning? Or spiritual healing? If you are, I encourage you and I challenge you, turn to God. Often our temptation when we are experiencing pain, or when we are experiencing a lot of pain, is to try anything to get a quick fix. I don't know how many of you have experienced kidney stones, but I've had the unfortunate luck of having that a couple of times. And when you are experiencing the pain of kidney stones, you will do almost anything to release the pain. I was told, oh, if you go into a bathtub and fill it with extremely hot water, it takes away the pain, and it does a bit. And my body basically felt like I was being boiled, but man, if this does it, it fine, I'll do it. If somebody would have came along and said, hit yourself with a club over the head, it'll take away the pain, I probably would have done it. If you run into the wall like it'll take away the pain, I probably would have ran into the wall because the pain of kidney stones is so intense that you just want it to go away. So I believe that some of you here are, are here today and you have emotional 
physical and spiritual pain that's just as intense. And you want this pain to be gone. And I say to you, turn back to God. Go to Him. If you've tried other things to relieve your pain, turn back to God. I know of people who have gone into drugs and alcohol for no other reason than pain in their life. I know of people who have gone to parties and explored all kinds of things for no other reason than to try to relieve the pain that they are experiencing. I know of also other people who have gone into relationships with certain people. Unhealthier as, they, as the relationships are, they went into these relationships for no other reason than to somehow try to mend the wounds, the pain that they are experiencing. If you're here today and you are experiencing deep emotional, physical, or spiritual pain, these things may relieve the pain for a little while. These things may cover it up for a little bit, but only God, only God, Jehovah Rapha, is the true healer. And I challenge you, turn to Him. Go back to Him. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. God tells the people this. He says this, If My people, who are called by My name, will humble themselves and pray, and seek My face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sins, and will heal their land. God Himself named Himself Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. And in Second Chronicles, He says, if you, My people, and we read in the New Testament that God has lavished His love on us, that we should be called children of God. If you've accepted Jesus Christ into your heart and you're allowing Christ to lead your life, you are His people. So as His people, God says, humble yourself and pray. Seek My face. Turn from your wicked ways. And then He promises this, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive your sins and I will heal your land. Only Jehovah Rapha can heal us. I invite the band to come up. Maybe some of you here today, as I said already, are in need of healing. And I want to pray for you. And so I just invite you, if we would bow our heads, please. I just invite you, if you would like me to pray for you, if you're saying there are things in my life that I need healing from, emotional pain, physical pain, or spiritual pain, would you pray for me? Would you raise your hand? I want to pray for you. Lots of hands. Anyone else? If you're here this morning and I see your hands, if you want me to pray for you, you can put your hands down. Anyone else? God is a healer. Only God can heal you. And if you need prayer later, I encourage you to stay after. One of us pastors would gladly pray with you. If you need prayer during the week, come see us. We would gladly pray with you. God can heal. I want to just pray for those of us who have raised our hands. Let's pray. Father God, we thank You that You've given us this name. Our name defines who we are. 
God, you have called yourself Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. And so, Jehovah Rapha, we come now before your throne and we pray for healing for those that are in our midst that are afflicted with pain. God, we pray for physical healing for those who have wounds from their childhood or from whatever relationships or whatever it may be. God, I pray for their, physic, uh, for their emotional healing. I pray for those in our midst who are experiencing physical pain. Lord, we believe that you can f- heal physically. God, I pray that you would heal. I pray for those in our midst who are struggling spiritually and they are not walking with you. They have turned from you, God. I pray for spiritual healing on them. I pray, O oh God, that you would heal their souls, that you would draw them back to yourself. Father, I especially pray this over those who raise their hands. Lord God, you are mighty. We sang that today. You are mighty to save. You are all awesome. And we just pray now, God, bring healing into the lives of your people. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I just want to quickly highlight these two announcements again before we sing the song. Just remember again, today after the service, there will be no communion. I mean, sorry, today there will be no communion.